guys, this is Whitney, and welcome back to another episode of Spastic Chatter. If you didn't know, Spastic Chatter is a platform meant to feature those in the zero policy community, and I get together weekly with individuals with CP, like myself, to have a kind of uncensored chat about what it's really like living with this type of disability. And for my guest this week, I have Jermaine Greaves. And you might recognize him from his viral dance video. He is a yes. he is a dancer, a bit pointer, and he has his own nonprofit. So we are going to learn more about Jermaine this episode. So I will let Jermaine go ahead and introduce himself. Okay. okay so hi everyone. My name is Jermaine Greaves. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, but I was originally born in Georgetown, Guyana. That is in South America. Um, but I came to New York when I was nine years old. I migrated to this country because of my mom. Um, so that's really my story. I'm an event planner based in uh, Brooklyn, New York. I've been an event planner since 2009. Um, I've had my clothing brand for and my nonprofit clothing brand and nonprofit for uh, four and a half years, almost five years now. And um, I'm a dancer, and I've been dancing since I was about ten years old. So that's a bit about me. Awesome. Currently, I'm a theater major in college. I'm almost done with that. And uh, that's some of the epic things I do. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So take us back to your to your childhood. How, like how was it? How was it like growing up? And um, you said that you got started at dancing at ten. What inspired you to like get into dancing? So really, the person I have to thank for that is my mom because she put me in so many different activities and like. Uh, elementary school and middle school so those activities really helped me and I was also a part of Starlight Starbright as well uh, growing up that organization um, and make a wish so those type of activities helped me to see that there were other people that were like me as well and also that um, that there were people that were like me in CP with CP and other disabilities so those kinds of organizations gave me a window into um, what it's like to have cerebral palsy prior to that though I grew up um, in in, uh, Georgetown Guyana where basically I had to go to school for that's how I went to school for a long that's how I went to school for a long time so I went to school in a stroller. I didn't get a wheelchair until I was nine or 10 years old when my mother migrated me to New York. But when I went to school initially, where I used to grow up at, I was in a stroller. Um, There weren't a lot of resources for people like myself with a disability in Georgetown, Guyana. So it was difficult because you're in a foreign country where you grew up at, and there's not too many people that you can go to that had a disability. There was one kid I remember when I was in Guyana who had a disability. 
Um, I don't remember his name, but he was the only kid that I knew that was like me. And, and that was it. And then when I went to America, it was just like adjusting to a new culture that I wasn't familiar with and trying to acclimate myself in American society. I came up to America immediately after 9-11, like October or November of that year. So I, you know, you know, so it was a whole lot of adjustment. Yeah, I bet. and, and And trying to figure out, you know, how to go to school. I was definitely bullied <laughs> somewhat um, in the beginning because, you know, I was different. I had a disability. I was one of the few ones. And, w- and when I would go to school, there weren't too many people that were, like, disabled like me. Yeah. So so it's, it's really hard when you're in a school system. And when I came into the American school system, they initially wanted me to go into special ed. My yeah, mother fought about, them to. I was just about to ask if you were in general ed or special ed. No, I was in general ed. And my mother, um, Natasha Hescott, <laughs> I never say her name publicly, but I'm going to say it today, um, <laughs> it, it is the reason, you know, she fought for me to be in regular education classes. Yeah. Um, they had wanted me to be in special ed, but she said, my son is extremely smart and he knows certain things. So she, you know, she fought the school system uh, tooth and nail to put me in regular education classes. Yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of relate to that because when my mom had, my mom had to go through the same, had to go through the same process. Like they, they want to put you in special ed, but, but we don't. We don't really need to be, we don't really need that support. So, uh, like, so I can, I can relate to that. How is, uh, I, I, go ahead. Yeah, what, what, what was, what were you about to say? How is a what? Um, I lost my train of thought. You go ahead. You go ahead if you have something to say. Okay, okay. So basically, you know, she fought the school system tooth and nail about me um, going into special ed. She was like, there's no way my son is going to go into special ed. And um, what I do remember that the school system did, I was supposed to be in fourth grade and they put me a grade back. Yeah. Uh, like they put me Is that just grade. because you came from a different country or... It, it was more so the testing at the time and because I came from a different country and they weren't sure if I could catch catch up per se. Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. We did the testing. Testing wasn't up to par, so they put me in third grade. I was like, okay, whatever, fine. Yeah. So I did what I had. Um, well, when I initially came, I was in fourth, but as I went on, they were like, oh, he needs to be in third. So I was just like, okay, whatever. I did what I had to do. I graduated in 2011. And, you know, but but being in regular classes for me were not as hard as people made it out to be. Yeah. I just, I did what any other student could do and probably more. Yeah. You know, my mother put me in so many activities when I was younger. 
I went to a program at NYU. I just mentioned to you about Starlight Starbright. Yeah. Um, being able to travel. Um, even before I went to America, I, I had already went on a plane to a foreign country. So, like, there's things that, like, um, my family did to give me access to different experiences. So I, I'm really grateful for that. That's awesome. You know? like, so you had you had a very you had a very supportive family, and that they they got they made sure you, that you had the resources that you need. Because imagine if it was uh, yeah, even even when. I- even when even when I was in Guyana, I went to physical therapy um, and stuff like that. So like, there's you know, and one of the things I know to be true with as somebody with CP, um, you know, we get spasms a lot and we have yeah. you know ner- nerve damage a lot, and it may take us a little longer to get something done. So. The families have to realize with somebody with cerebral palsy, you have to have patience. Exactly. It's and a lot of the times, you know, people don't have the patience to necessarily deal with you <laughs> because they're they're so caught up in, in trying to 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 make you as normal as possible. Exactly. I totally, I can totally relate to that. Um, so let's let's talk about let's talk about your dancing. Was was have you were you like you were were you like in a, a group for dancing growing up or like was it just like your hobby and then it turned into, and then it turned into something or? Well, like, you know what, dancing dancing started for me in school. So I danced in school, like in school plays and like stuff in elementary and middle school. When I got to high school, which was a performing arts high school, I got a little bit nervous because all the kids could sing, all the kids could dance, and I was trying to figure out where I could fit in. Yeah. Um, since I've been back in college, the two times I've been back to school, I'm a theater major, and they do find ways to accommodate me. So, so my nerves about being accommodated as a disabled person that's in the performing arts field is out the window because there's more access there's yeah. more resources now um and because of Allie um you know funny story about Allie Stone is uh, like when she was on the Glee project I actually tweeted her a while like years ago really cause like you know Yeah, I have the old tweets. It's really old. But, like, for me, I was shocked because I felt like I was the only person that was doing musical theater. And seeing her do that, and and her even winning the Emmy or the Tony, um, gave me a chance to realize I can go and do theater just like her in the wheelchair. That's awesome. I didn't think it was... I didn't think it was possible. So, so yeah. because of her, like, I I know that me doing what I'm doing is not in vain. I just got to get the degree and then change the world. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and look at but, you. You have, you, know, you, have, you have a viral you have a viral dance video that's already like that's, that's already like reached like 
like however many people how did that how did that feel when your when your video went viral um my video going viral that's a good question the viral dance video for me as i as i realized of what the video means I, I feel like for me the video is a representation of a regular person with a disability yeah. having fun because again when people look at disability, they look at disability from a place of help. Exactly. They don't, they don't look at a disability as a person. That video shattered every single type of stereotype you thought. And might I add, I look really good in that video. The outfit yeah. choice was on point that day. <laughs> um, you know, but, but again, you know, for me, my whole purpose in living my life out loud is because I was tired of seeing people like put me in a box as a creative person. So I just said, I don't care if I'm in a wheelchair, I'm gonna have fun. I don't care if you see me, I'm gonna always look good. I'm gonna like the choices I make, the choices I make for myself is a personal choice for me. You know, the clothes I wear, the outfits you see on Instagram, that's all me. But it's me being bold is a choice, like just living my life how I want to live it. And I think that's something I've, it's a personal choice. So that brings me to that. That's good. That's good. Um, That's good to me for my next question. How do how do you, how do you define self-confidence and how do you stay confident? How do I define self-confidence? That's a good question. I would say self-confidence is knowing exactly who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, you can't you can't be good to other people. Like you have to know yourself, uh, the good and the bad parts of you, like every part of you. Yeah. And just having that awareness of who you are as a person, like what things make you upset, what things you don't like, what things you do like. And, and what makes you who you are. I think for me, what has helped me over the years is having people in my life that give me things to lift me up and help me as a person. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think I would be, I don't think I would be where I am without those people and then some. You know, I have friends, I have family. I have people that just love me for me and help me because they see I'm trying. That's very cool. So, um, so, so, go ahead. And and that's a big thing for me, like having a support system and having people that believe in who you are and where you're going. Exactly. Who want to, who want to push you forward and not set you back. So that's true. Yeah. So, um, what about, you want to talk about your event planning? Like yes, I can. Yes, I can. Um, event planning, my journey into that. I started in 2009 when a promoter invited me out to a club just to, but when I, when I what, what people don't know about me promoting parties is I came as a regular consumer. Yeah. What ended up, what ended up happening for me is because I went out I didn't go out a lot, but when I did go out, people were, 
attracted to my energy and what I bought in the space. That's cool. So, so, you-, so you know, you go to these events, you know, and you meet all these people and you realize, like, what you're doing is changing how people see you, you know, and, and people ask me, am I a disability advocate? And I say yes. I say yes because, you know, I live my, with my disability every single day. And just by me being in certain spaces, it starts the conversation. Exactly. And you being, you being so bold and like caring about your, caring about your appearance, like just being, just being out there gives like a whole new perspective of disability. And people are just like, wow, like they want to get to, like, I can imagine they want to get to know you, not, not be, not because of your wheelchair, just because of the kind of, of the kind of person you give off, or the, the personality you give off, and like the vibe. If that makes sense. That's definitely true. You know, I do have a lot of people. You know, I had somebody recently tell me, like, you're such an inspiration. Like, you're really living your life. I don't know anybody that's like you. So I, th- I think the ultimate goal for me, and just in general, my long-term goal with my platform is just to show people to live their lives, you know, have fun. Don't let your wheelchair stop you. Don't let what people tell you about yourself stop you. And don't let your own insecurities stop you. Because a lot of the times, what we think about ourselves only amplifies a billion times worse. Exactly. So do you want to talk so, about so, your, do you want to talk about your nonprofit? Yes, I can. Thanks, babe. So I have a clothing brand uh, called Not Like the Other Kids. Um, the website is www.notlikeTheOtherKids.com. Um, it was started by myself and a good friend of mine who designs the merch called Dave Noodles. Um, and his clothing brand company is Stereotype Co. But without Dave's help and support for my merchandise, I wouldn't be anywhere, I wouldn't be making any kind of money, and I also wouldn't be able to do the things I've been doing right now. You know, we've been able to do Puerto Rican relief efforts when there was an issue in Puerto Rico. I actually helped a young girl who had leukemia at the time to cover her medical costs. That's awesome. So, you know, so from, it's another person with a disability, and I also have a disability, so that was a personal story to me, because like, you know, I know what it is to have to go to the hospital or do surgeries or cover medical costs or get help with a wheelchair. And also, when I started my clothing brand at the time, I needed money to uh, fund for a wheelchair. So, like, yeah. I was doing, I was raising money at the time for a wheelchair. We took a line from the interview I did and we made it into a clothing brand. And we have sold, We sometimes we do maybe a thousand a month on a good day, but you know, it, that's, it, very, it's, that's very cool. It, it's been, it's been a journey to brand the, the clothing brand. Uh, Kehlani has worn the stuff. Other celebrities have worn it before. And for me, what I really want to make my nonprofit and clothing brand turn into is a safe space for everybody to feel like, although you're different, you belong. Yeah. 
Because, you know, we, we all have this thing where we feel like no matter what we do, we're outside the box. So the clothing brand for me is, is something that not only supports people with disabilities, but people who just feel like they don't have a place in the world. So that's a big thing for me. Yeah. You know, with everything that's going on in our current climate, it's important that we bring not only diversity together, but everyone together, you know, with what we're seeing on the news Very in true. our world. We yeah. have a lot more work to do Not for every community in this country and across the world and globally. There's so much going on and it's extremely important that we understand that we are truly all in this together. Yes. Because if you don't come together, you break things apart. Exactly. And, and that's even more dangerous. So I, you know, my clothing brand for me right now, we're doing a campaign for the National Disability Coalition uh, of, um, uh, of African-Americans. Yeah. It's an organization that's based in Jersey City. But right now, the, cl- the clothing brand is donating proceeds and also during the pandemic we've done things like help families during the pandemic um, you know with whatever little money we've made and stuff like that so we're doing that still we're collecting stories for people who are going through things during these uncertain times and we're just giving back and helping those that need help that's awesome different organizations and people so that's what I do all day, every day. I, I dig through the emails, I look through stories. That sounds like it's very cool, like very rad. I'm all about that. So, um, Jermaine, do you have do yeah. you have, uh, closing out? Do you have any advice for others that want to get themselves out there, or like any life advice in general? What I what I would say to people is. Take that first step to say hi, you know, take that first step to say hello and and really just get to know people. Um, As I've gotten older, it's not about being friendly, but like, what do you bring to the table? Exactly. Are you you a good friend? Are you a good acquaintance? Are you a good something? Because even if they're not your friend, can they be acquainted with you? Even if they're not really, really close to you, can they know you enough that if they're able to help you, they can? So, so that's what I've learned in my 28 years of life. Like, you just have to know people well enough to understand who they are, and they're either for you or against you. So, that's one of the things I know to be true now as I've become older. And uh, yes. just because you have a good heart does not mean you can't have boundaries so like it's important to have a boundary it's important to like say no because a lot of the times people with disabilities people look to us as some type of vulnerable population that can't help ourselves we can help ourselves we do have jobs we do live on our own like i live by myself yeah. But no one would know that if they just assume they just yeah, assume like assume. I have ca- I have caregivers 24/7. I definitely don't. They br- they actually don't all- they're not always here. Yeah. You know, so like that's what people don't know. Like I yeah. take care of myself most of the time like everything you've seen me do, I've done it from my phone. I've edited stuff from my phone. I 
I have a camera. I edit from there. I have software. So, like, you know, I promote myself and I push my own brand. I don't That's uh, awesome. wait on anyone to push my brand for me. And I'm the one reaching out and emailing podcasts and, like, yeah. doing that groundwork. So, like, yeah, let's, you know, but, like, I feel like, I feel like people with disabilities, we have to, or, like, anyone in general, we, we have to make that path, create that path for ourselves. So if you, if you, if you want something, you have to go after it. Like, nobody's going to give, nobody's going to give it to you. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, what I will say this though before the podcast is over, I am working on a children's book. You are? That's cool. So, yeah, so that's so that's coming sometime at the end of the year or sometime next year. For sure. Awesome. So we're gonna have to look out for that. Um all Yes. So where can people follow you on social media? My name is Jermaine, J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E, G-R-E-A-V-E-S. My two websites are www.notlikeotherkids.com and www.jermainegreaves.com. Those are where you can find me. And all of my social media is under the same name, uh, Jermaine Greaves. J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E-G-R-E-A-V-E-S. And all of that will be linked in the description below. And thank you, Jermaine, for a great for agreeing to be on Spastic Chatter. I've really enjoyed it. And I um, love your personality and what you're doing and keep after it. I'm gonna have to go look at your clothing brand and order something now. You got me intrigued. Uh yes. Thank you, Whitney. <laughs> so, uh, so if, if anybody's watching this and they want to be on an episode of Spastic Chatter, there is an email link in the description or you can comment below. And until next week, or check back next week for another episode of Spastic Chatter. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>